0: Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne and I'm here with Ronin Gorin, director or co-director of Fabio Ongarato Design. Now, I could say Ronin is only connected to Fabio Ongarato Design and, and a director, but he's done so many things in his life that it's a bit hard to um, pigeonhole him. He started as um, at RMIT and graduating in architecture and he's done so many things over that time. So I think his story will just unfold, but welcome to the show, in.
1: Thank you, Stephen.
0: So I can't call you an architect, even though you're an architect. Um, you've also owned a, a very successful chain of, uh, restaurants called SMXL and you're now in graphic, well, not Factory. graphic, back to Fabian Garato. Uh, tell me, how do you get so distracted?
1: I guess I kind of view uh, that in a lifetime I would step up to doing a multitude of things and I guess in a way to keep the mind challenged and um, I guess to exercise one's um, faculties that Mm. I would try my hand at a number of things. I guess uh, in many respects there are probably a multitude of passions Mm. and I think perhaps what I've sought to do is to try and incorporate those in whatever I do from a work perspective Mm. as much as my everyday life. So at times that's meant design and other times it's meant design in the context of food because I come from a family of passionate Mm. um, and engaged chefs, cooks and bakers. um, And so those things are ultimately in my blood and so I just managed to find ways to kind of engage in them and sometimes it means a Mm. shift in career focus and and yeah I even have another trajectory planned now I think I've explained to you which is my Dalesford project. Yeah I was
0: going to mention that but I thought let's go back to food. Sure. um, Since food was um, pretty important to you. SMXL which you sold recently it wasn't just a uh, you actually elevated just the art of casual dining, everything was presented very beautifully. Uh, there was lovely graphics on the boxes. Um, the food was delicious. You know, you really took a different twist to the whole idea of just informal dining.
1: Yeah. Look, for us, uh, I'd already had 12 years of practice in, in identity creation and brand, creating brand experiences, working with Fabio, the two of us, kind of melding our philosophy and i guess in essence smxl was really a live case study mm. you know i worked uh at the authorship of the smxl project was both my sister's vision and and my ability to kind of help her put that together mm. and my own food passions and you know ultimately we wanted to create a total experience and and that was a food philosophy a dining philosophy about the casualness and the accessibility of good food to people on an everyday level, one that was always changing and interesting. So there was a, a kind of core to the way we we would go back putting food, constructing food, mm-hmm. with the idea that it was always centred around a taste sensation that was accessible mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it challenged them sometimes a little bit, not in a major way, but it got them to try things that they wouldn't ordinarily try, so you ex- mm. sort of were engaged in extending their palette, and but it was also about wholesome and good food mm. to the everyday CBD worker.
0: So you mentioned the Dalesford House, uh, Timothy, architect Timothy Hill, from director of uh, co-director of Donovan Hill, designing it. That's connected not just to architecture, obviously, but to food. Tell me a little bit about that project.
1: So. Um, Having sold SMXL, I've uh, I've parked myself back in Faber & Grutter Design um, for a period of time uh, because it's a relationship with my business partners that I have that's, um, you know, unquestionable. We have such a great dynamic amongst us. But I think uh, in planning probably what will be my last sort of focus and exercise, my partner and I, Trace, decided to try and find a... I guess, a a common interest in our practice. And his uh, passion is farming. He loves um, being able to cultivate food. Uh, He was brought up in that context and wanted to go back to having animals. And um, in the background also, probably in the late uh, 2009, 2010, as oil... and mileage and the expense of producing food and wa- mm. water shortage became an issue. I kind of felt somewhere in deep down as, as it kind of permeates in radio and you continually mm. hear these issues brought up that I wanted to move somewhere where I felt more in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, you know, in parallel, the agenda in food and uh, the quality of food has also come back full circle to the Mm. idea of, um, terroir, the actual land in which, and the hands under which food is grown, Mm -hmm. uh, is a significant part. So, you know, the philosophy today, apart from all of this gastronomy and Mm. food, which I, doesn't really...
0: It's uh, not your thing. No,
1: (laughs) not at all. Um... You know, the idea that if you have great produce, I think Alice Waters has, you know, a strong agenda in that respect. If you spend a lot of time uh, finding great produce, then there's not much that you have to do except for to respect the produce. So,
0: Ronan, how's the house going to... Uh, what's interesting about the house? Can I talk about it? You can, sure. What, what's interesting about the house?
1: Uh, well, it it's striking in, in a sense that it, its scale is... A little bit of salting at first, um, but you know we've got, uh, because it's 110 metres long and 10 metres wide, Mm. um, and it's parallel, it it is uh, an oversized greenhouse in which we will live uh, and farm, so it's Mm. almost, I've kind of come back to the concept of Mm. two boys in a bubble really. (laughs) And And uh, what's it made of? It's made out of translucent fiberglass. And so it is actually what they commercially make uh, modern-day greenhouses out of Mm. for food production. Um, So it has all the properties of kind of keeping the right bandwidth of light. Um, The structure also has openable sort of... um, shade cloth panels that allow the structure to breathe
0: Uh, and will food and living almost be merged correct so you'll literally walk in the veggie patch correct rather than going on the patio so i mean we have distinct
1: uh pods or dwellings within there they're both on a 50 Mm -hmm. square meter footprint and then a garden kitchen which is kind of like The bog concept of cooking in the back of the garage right in the Mm -hmm. middle of the veggie garden Mm -hmm. Um, and then about 60 to 70 meters of vegetable gardens internally and the building meets the ground and there's no concrete slab except for under the habitable bit so we can actually plant trees and grow um direct in direct contact with the soil
0: um when's that expected to be finished
1: as with everything, these so, projects probably <laughs> take more time than you think, but I would say 2013, we'd hope that we would be moved in by the end of this year, but a bit I think it'll be next year.
0: Um, Renan, let's go back to Fabian Garato sure. because uh, it's an interesting firm, it covers a lot of areas, uh, and I think a lot of people would say are graphic designers, but you're not really, you don't see yourself as a graphic designer, that something's a little bit, you know, passe. How do you describe Fabio Angorato?
1: I guess I think if you look at uh, how we present ourselves, we talk about ourselves as being a multidisciplinary practice and perhaps not in the same uh, sense that um, some of the large mega-architecture or design firms would, so we're not architecture, engineering, combination mm. we're not interior design landscape, but multidisciplinary in the way that we approach problem solving and design. Um, Fab talks about having a range of hats which extend everything from curatorial. So sometimes our relationship with the client and the way in which we approach a problem doesn't have our hand of um, direct sort of design authorship mm. across it but it's about who we engage and work with in collaboration. So collaboration is very um, core to so our you,
0: way of working. You've done some amazing things over the years. I've I've been fortunate to cover some of them, but an example, the W Hotel in Hong Kong. Yep. Pretty extraordinary. Um, those who can't see it, it's it's really a feast, a visual feast with every... You know, everything going on, and it's just a delight. There's the outdoor pool was an indoor pool. Outdoor, indoor? Uh, outdoor, broof, outdoor roof deck pool. R- roof deck pool in- includes this huge mural Bizarre, of so. bizarres, yeah, so. tiles, tiles, butterflies. It's quite extraordinary. How do you kind of, you know, how do these things happen? Does the client say to you, we want something magical? Who do you work with?
1: Uh, property development and particularly hotels is an interesting one in Asia um, we, you know we have the, the, this situation I guess the dynamic was probably uh, had a number of challenges inherent in it in the first instance it was the first for a 4W which was really an 80s construct of a brand mm-hmm. it was W was the first commercial hip mm-hmm. hotel and I guess very mono brand in its thinking so it had very f- formal and stringent guidelines mm-hmm. and in the 80s it was it was considered a great brand but moving into Asia uh, the cultural context is quite different um Asia in a retail and uh, hotel and leisure sense, lifestyle sense. It's kind of going through a renaissance. Um, we're seeing store interiors, uh, shopping centres and uh, hotels, food and beverage kind of really going to another level. And I think part of that is driven also, one, because they're going through immense growth uh they as we now even looking at projects in shanghai and in china they're looking at their own cultural identity in in that context but um also they spend so much time outside of the home so the public domain
0: and all pretty of these engaging
1: and and so significant because that's where all the social interaction happens the home is really just a Vegetable for living.
0: (laughs) The other thing that's happened recently is that a lot of people um, say everything's going online, online, and the retail experience is, you know, doesn't really matter. I think that's a bit of a problem uh, where I do think if you provide that retail experience, uh, as in the example of this bakery in Carlton called Descurio, which you've worked on with uh, March Studio, there's a reason to go. Correct
1: yeah look without question our uh 3d sort of out of the 2d realm projects are all about trying to kind of look at brands in a holistic way and understand that to justify bricks and mortar Mm. um consumers people uh, are looking for experiences um, and the expectation of the benchmarks are moving so significantly that have to be kind of astute about it and and well considered and kind of relaxing on just classic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just image. So to attract people,
0: Rodney. In, in terms of a role like this, bakery called Descurio, how do you work with Rodney Eggleston? What are the, if we look at a couple of um, ha- examples? How do you how do you actually? What what's the role of each person? Because yeah. I think... Look, it it varies.
1: I think a hallmark of our practice and that's held us in good stead working with um, architect and interior collaborators is the fact that we're very well versed and very respectful of their philosophy. So, uh, in essence, it's their philosophy first and how can we enhance and dimensionalise... The message, and work within that. That it it the lines between everything seem just so seamless mm-hmm. in a way. It's not like oh I'm a graphic designer and come in with my own agenda and at, more often than not uh, it can be at odds with mm-hmm. uh, where everything else is going. So the whole idea is to create something that's holistic where it's kind of one side one sound and it's very difficult. So,
0: so you don't feel like there's a number of people... Boundaries. Well, there's Yeah, so you don't walk into a space and feel like there's X people have worked on it in progression and each one has a different signature. And
1: so for us, it's about the big idea, you know...
0: What was the idea for that bakery?
1: So um, there were some very clear directions just working with Daniel that we understood. So St Kilda, for him, was very successful. But it was a bakery and a cafe. And... This was about the defining art and and seriousness of bread making. So it was to strip all other product away and kind of really focus the attention on bread Mm. and the potential for consumers to buy bread by weight, which is a very kind of European European. concept. Um, And the profound kind of role that bread, to people that adore it, kind Mm. of plays because it's such a fundamental in our Mm daily life. Um, But uh, in that respect, um, the core idea working with March was to create an environment that was akin to a breadbasket. So the idea was something that was quite wholesome, something that was very nurturing. Mm. Um, You almost get a kind of very cocoon-like quality when you walk into the space. You feel that sense Mm. of nourishment in a kind of different way, but, you know, not taking it too seriously, there are, you know, when we extended the graphic language, another collaborator that we worked with was Misha, who Daniel had already had uh, Misha from Pam Mm -hmm. the famous um, artist DJ um, collage artist, Mm -hmm. and so he developed the graphics um, that went along with it which are all based around Italian mannerisms, the way in which hand signs, um equate to phrases and language
0: oh lovely um
1: for us also yeah. then the way in kind of melding and bring it all together is this idea of the floor which we floor pattern which had a classical reference
0: which is the black and white diagonal marble, marble tiles. tiles
1: correct and then the way in which we incorporated that into the overall graphic vernacular so that there's always a very subtle thread that brings the whole... So the flooring goes together. into the
0: wrapping paper.
1: Correct. And into the actual graphic element. And so, yeah, it, it's interesting that I guess every proposition kind of get it to work and be strong uh, has to have a singularity about its mm. sorting.
0: The other thing, um, uh, Ronan, you've done a lot of work in the fashion area and I'd say people would see that work as quite strongly in terms of direction, photography. Tell me a little bit about that that side of uh, Fabio and Garrato.
1: What are some of the,
0: the key things that you've really...
1: Our interest and driver into that space uh, over the years probably been Fabio's love of photography and also love of fashion photography. Um, as a result, our sophistication has kind of grown with the amount of time that we've been working in that space and Mm. understanding uh you know how fashion businesses, from a viability perspective strategically position themselves so we do a lot of work advising Mm. on brand strategy and communications so who who
0: are some of the designers you've worked with
1: um country road scanlan theodore on Pedder in hong kong lane crawford and joyce in hong kong Um, we're currently working with Melbourne's GPO. We're 18 months into our relationship there. Um, Retail's going through very difficult times at the moment, I think partly because uh, we've been left unchecked by international sophisticated models that have Mm. capacity to um, either out-compete us on speed Mm. to market price, Uh, sophistication of retail. In terms
0: of the actual product.
1: Yes. So the likes of Zara. Um, I think also uh, the challenge is with online retail, it puts a lot more emphasis on channel strategy so how one distributes products is everything available online so what What reason is there for customers to come into store mm. uh, and then also based around the store experience so our big thing at the moment is that two channel strategy of just having a product and an advertising image out there anymore just doesn't cut the mustard consumers want more get off their couches really want more mm. reason to actually come in and it might be because only some product is available in line or mm. visual merchandising and so our relationship what, with visual merchandisers is becoming a lot more close.
0: Ronin, so without being too obvious, what are the things you think retailers have to really think about to get the person off their couch? What are the things that that if I walked into a store and might even be obvious in terms of your input. What are the things that you've done that has actually helped to create that experience? Um,
1: GPO is an interesting kind of reference point in our work because we inherited that asset uh, so we ultimately needed to kind of point its image more specifically so it was based around um, contemporary fashion eccentricity around contemporary fashion and culture um, we worked with the finished illustrator Laura Lane to create these amazing illustrations with the understanding that this is a higher level of um, an actualised level of the fashion market, the drivers and the mm. um, the gravitation was beyond just sort of putting a pretty girl in a pretty dress, which mm. is what you'd s- sort of see happen from Chadston and the rest of the shopping centres. Our marketing budget was limited, so we needed to be smarter about what we did with that mm. money um and then part of kind of the discussion and the development of a a strategy with the client one of the challenges i really asked them to step up to was to kind of move away from the idea of conventional advertising so pushing the brand out there mgpo or melbourne's gpo is known by most people Mm. but um to create as a reason to keep coming back to the center so we brought uh, Gloss Creative, I don't know whether you know Amanda Henderson, but does amazing work, mm-hmm. everything from marquees to my parades, mm-hmm. um, and really the refocus of all of the marketing budget has been about um, activation of centres. So we've done three installations, a spring, summer, and an autumn, winter, which is in there at the moment, called Mixology, uh, Christmas installation, uh, we've had... Um, seven events and activities in Centre from get your free buff and nail polish in conjunction with OPI Mm -hmm. called Nail Frenzy Mm -hmm. um, to a food mixology event which we're doing in the next couple of weeks where people can come and Mm -hmm. sample and understand sort of Um, the theatre of food, so we've got a noodle thrower in Mm. there and we're giving out recipes to develop master stocks. So there's
0: really a reason to go in. The other thing that's interesting with the GPO, and I think they probably realise the problem, is that I think people are are generally fairly lazy when it comes to going up to the first floor. And even if there are uh, escalators, you know, a few metres away, people generally just walk through. So now they've put in a, a, a lift. Yes, I think they, you know, they bit the bullet and decided they needed to live. So I think that's the other problem, and you'd know more than anyone else, that I think people are quite lazy when it comes to shopping. And look, we're we're doing a lot of the event-based activity
1: is actually up on that level um, as a driver uh, quite
0: intently. There's an an image that I'm looking at the moment, the grilled... um, And it's an interesting case because fast food is generally not a place where you'd consider design being a strong component. And Grilled actually have um, done quite a good job or an excellent job in terms of making it quite groovy. You know, they've used a lot of recycled doors um, and industrial materials. Tell me a little bit about how that project came about. Sure.
1: Uh, We've been involved in two stages of the development of that brand we uh, help them realize a vision so we often work closely with a Mm. client um, through a range of kind of exercises to personify and create the essence of a brand Um, Mm. more often than not that reference point or dna becomes um, the way in which we then encourage them to develop the product philosophy so mm-hmm. uh, what will the food be like what is its alignment so it's about uh, fresh grilled healthy burgers um, then really we, we've been engaged in um, trying to position the brand so the idea as a challenger brand is to move it well away from the domain of
0: other brands other brands
1: <laughs> and uh, and really look at also what the total brand experience so what we were what we find that we do now is extension brand work around um looking at materiality and and um quality of finish and tonality of what an interior might be like through to visual merchandising in creating a brief that then goes out to architects and interior designers and it's Part of the selection process. Who so, were who
0: were some of the architects involved in um, Grilled
1: Hassel uh, did a sig- did their re signature store, um, and then another company called St. Style, and then another company called D.R.D. Mm. But um, what happens, I guess, in that process is that uh, conventionally, most people just use a network and pick uh, a practitioner. Um, From either a recommendation Mm. or through comfort through their interview process so they might go and see Mm. three and four and ultimately in creating a total brand experience what we say is let's understand what type of interior we want so is it you know more natural is it intelligent but and thoughtful in the way that it comes together is it much more modern and austere Mm. is it more homely in its quality, so let's set some of those parameters, then let's work out who can best realise those and fits um, the brand mandate, mm-hmm. and then go through the process of selecting, so that mm-hmm. you get better alignment with the outcome mm-hmm. not just based off network not mm-hmm. based off fees, and mm-hmm. not based off the uh, person that presented.
0: Ronan, what first. gives you uh, I'm always interested, what gives you the most pleasure about what you're doing at the moment? I mean, it, it is very varied, the work, is, is that what keeps you going? The fact that you just don't know what's around the corner, or
1: look, the challenges continue to be varied and different. It's mm. the the beauty of being in in your own practice and such a broad and broad practice that works across so many disciplines, from fashion through to um, mm. we didn't haven't even really touched on our engagement with the arts, like Ger- Gertrude Contemporary and uh, mm. Adelaide Biennale, but um, the fact that. The problems are always different, but the approach and the thinking is the same way that you dissect everything and Mm. kind of come up with a solution. Uh, The other thing is that we just work with such a great um, level of creative excellence Mm. internally. Um, I'm just never um, underwhelmed by Mm. the result result from our designers, and that's such a pleasure to be able to give clients something. I think as Fab puts it, we find a voice that is there so we help them articulate something but an outcome that they never could have imagined for themselves.
0: Well it's like architecture. You expect one thing you get delivered something quite different but there's that lovely surprise Look, thanks so much Ronin for coming in today. You've been with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT University. Look, thanks Ronin. I feel like this interview really should have continued for another half an hour but um, I'll invite you back again.
1: Thank you very much